Well, how the heck are you? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hello there. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Yeah, thanks a lot for joining us, you guys. Today on the podcast, we're going to be taking a look at uh, one of our favorite series as far as game music. This is the legendary Sega RPG series, Shining Force. Absolutely. Now, technically, I think some people may refer to this just simply as Shining. We're going to call it Shining Force today because most of the games that we're going to feature are Shining Force games. There are a couple others that have other titles, uh, you know, like Shining in the Darkness, something like that. But yeah, Shining Force is what most people know. Well, I mean, it's a cool name. We like the name. It's such a great name. And really, I think it's definitely Sega's best series of RPG games, especially when you're talking about music. Um, We talked before in our 16-bit showdown how the Genesis was not a system known for having a lot of great RPGs and and soundtracks, for that matter. But Shining Force is really the series that was trying to make a claim for this is how you do great Genesis RPG music. Right. Yeah, there, I mean, there were a few games by EA that were actually some decent RPGs. But yeah, I mean, much more rare on the Sega Genesis than, of course, on the Super Nintendo. And that was a big part due to Square. You know, I mean, that company produced some of the best RPGs ever. And yeah. a lot of those are on the Super Nintendo. So it's sort of an unfair competition. But what's interesting is when we look at the music, you know, we have sort of a clear image in our head of what RPG music is supposed to sound like Mm -hmm. just because of those Square games from the SNES that we're so familiar with. So it's really kind of putting pressure on um, composers who work to make an RPG on the Genesis because they're going to be trying to emulate a similar kind of uh, grand orchestral sound. And that's a lot harder to do on the Genesis because of the nature of that Yamaha sound chip. So um, three of the games that we're going to be focusing on today were released for the Sega Genesis, but this series had games released for all kinds of platforms, not just the Genesis. We're going to be having some Game Gear soundtracks today, which was really cool. You know, we really haven't featured a lot of Game Gear music before on the podcast, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to go chronologically from 1991 all the way to 2009 as far as entries in this series. So what you guys heard playing in with was from the very first game in the series, and that was actually called Shining in the Darkness, and it was for the Sega Genesis. So the very first game in the series came out in 1991 for the Sega Genesis. Now, the composer that started this series, the composer that did some of the very, very first games, he was a gentleman by the name of Masahiko Yashimura. Now, uh, I was actually not familiar with any of his soundtracks. The soundtracks that I have been a big fan of recently are some of the later ones composed by Motowaki Takanochi, which we'll get to. Uh, most of the tracks and the soundtracks we're playing today are Takanochi. But we're going to start off with Shining in the Darkness. The track you heard was Cheerful Merchant. We're going to play two more from this soundtrack. Let's take a listen to a track called Searching for Princess Claire.
such a rousing orchestral track. It's so great to hear music like that on the Sega Genesis. It's so rare for the system. It's just a joy. You're listening to Searching for Princess Claire, and this is from Shining in the Darkness, the very first game in the Sega RPG series. And this first game was composed by Masahiko Yoshimura. The thing about uh, the way that they're sort of going for this orchestral sound on the Genesis, and something that I hear a lot of composers do when they try to go for this uh, sound on the Sega, is really um, it's more about authenticity of part writing and just the general nature of the composition. Where um, when you look at a lot of Super Nintendo tracks, you know, that use string samples or maybe brass samples, it's sort of more that's the setting, but a lot of musically, you know, for example, let's take something like Chrono Trigger. You know, it has a lot of orchestral instruments, but the nature of the composition isn't always necessarily trying to evoke, you know, sort of classical music or modern orchestral stuff. But what's interesting is the Genesis doesn't have the luxury of sounding you can't bank on those like, sounds. Yeah, so it's just yeah. all about the writing or doing little things that we only associate with one instrument, like, like the flutes. Like those flute trills. That is only a flute. There's no other option. Yeah. That's not subjective. That's so obvious. Well, because we, we only associate that type of playing with a flute. We only I really, associate those trills I really and those like runs. the really quick sweeps that they do. I mean, you don't get that like anywhere else on the Sega Genesis. And it doesn't, like we sing, it doesn't necessarily sound super pleasing to the ear. You know, a lot of these Genesis instruments, these FM sounds are very hard harsh and kind of buzzing, but when you have something that's composed so thoughtfully, it's really the best way in some ways to use these instruments. You know, we talk about, you know, so many soundtracks, oh, Genesis is used best when it's doing kind of like a rocking, funky kind of a thing. Yeah, I still agree with that. I still agree with that by and large, but I will say that there's something so playful and imaginative about hearing these instruments play this kind of music. Well, I guess it's just nice to hear somebody going for something different, you know, not trying to do the exact same thing. And surprisingly, it works. You know, you wouldn't necessarily think it works and maybe some would argue that it doesn't quite fit the sound set of the genesis but i mean you can't blame them for trying because they are really going for authenticity and i think a big part of that has to do with that drum that march rhythm yes yes you know in general one of the things that i love about the shining force series as far as the genesis entries is i really love their use of the pcm sample channel to be used with percussion it's a lot more of an orchestral nature than you usually get so you're going to hear a lot of really nice rolling snare drum sounds which is again very rare for this system so let's play the last track from this first game and we're going to have kind of another tension filled track this is one called Fateful Battle track. Uh, you guys may have noticed that uh, the, the, this track and the last one we played, very similar. You know, it kind of feels like they're sister tracks. And that's something that I kind of wanted to showcase today is one of the greatest things about these Shining Force soundtracks is how much they call back to different themes. Like, this is Fateful Battle, 
and the track we played previously was Searching for Princess Claire. A lot of similar motifs that you hear in both of these tracks, and these aren't the only ones. If you listen to this entire soundtrack, you're going to hear constant callbacks to themes, and that is so rare and impressive for this era of video game music. Yeah, for me, what I'm really impressed with, first of all, uh, good timpani samples, but also, Mm -hmm. again, it's about the excellent part writing. To me, in this one, it's more about some of the chord choices that feel very authentic to film music and a lot of romantic era stuff, even some classical stuff in there, just some of those chords. But a great technique to evoke the orchestra is they do that there with that little playing around with octaves and instrumentation. The call and response. Yeah, and although you know the FM chip can't really uh, sample like instruments authentically they do have a variety of different timbres so if you have a few select instruments playing a motif and then you play it an octave lower with different types of instruments it really does sound orchestral it's a technique mm-hmm. that John Williams likes to use a lot in Star Wars you know you hear that all the time also those kind of like changing the meter you have bum 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 and that's a very good point Will and we have to keep in mind this is 1991 this is fairly early for the Sega Genesis and I do think that that is something that is so impressive coming from an 8-bit world. If you're listening to a lot of NES music, that really doesn't work quite as much. I know you can do, quote, instrument switching or, you know, changing the duty cycles, but it really is fun to have a multitude of different, like, variety of tones and sounds on the Sega Genesis. And I think these composers... Uh, are really just taking full advantage of those those new choices that were not possible before. So really, I think this uh, this particular game is a very cutting edge soundtrack for the Sega Genesis. So at this point in time, I think it makes sense to move on to the next game. This is Shining Force. This is the second game in the series. Once again, this came out for the Sega Genesis, and this game came out in 1992. And once again, it was composed by Masahiko Yashimura. This is the last soundtrack today uh, that we're going to feature from this gentleman. We're going to play three tracks. Let's start off with a track called Hai no Kiyuru Toki. And that's also known as the Event Sad theme. Here we go. is a very beautiful understated piece of music you're listening to Haino Kiyuru Toki and that's also the event sad theme that's another English way of saying what that piece is this is from Shining Force for the Sega Genesis composed by Masahiko Yashimura this is in my opinion the most beautiful track in the game I really wanted to feature one of the soft, pretty pieces in this game because there are a couple, 
and uh, this is a really nice side that we didn't get in the first three tracks we played from Shining in the Darkness. So I definitely wanted to get uh, this side of this particular composer. I'm just a really big fan of his chord choice. I'm a big fan of how he uses effects such as delay to create uh, just a really big space uh, as far as the soundscape, but it really does help to convey some of the emotions that the chords and the melodies are conveying. So it's kind of a nice marriage of, of what he's writing and how he's using the instruments to evoke that. Something I noticed that uh, is really kind of cool, uh, that series of arpeggios in the beginning is mm -hmm. one of the more interesting things about the piece. It's sort of... Uh, changes your whole perception of the meter yeah. and where the beginning of each measure That's is. That's for sure. The the notes and everything, it's a very well-constructed arpeggio. kind of reminds me of Castlevania Three, that prelude. But something that I noticed oh, that I really point. liked is um, towards the end of the form, it brings back that same instrument to do a slightly different arpeggio. This time, it's just sort of like the one in five going up octaves. Um, but anyways it's still it goes back to that concept of an arpeggio so when it loops it's almost like you don't really notice it because mm -hmm. you're already conditioned you've been you've brought back that arpeggiated yeah, thing so when it comes back it's a very understated return to the i'm form. really glad you mentioned that the, the meter is very hard it's very hard to figure out what the meter is in this piece. in some ways it feels like it might be like 24 8 like 6 8 and then 12 8 and then if you double that it's 24 you know what i mean because it's like so there's so many subdivisions and like the the drum beat if you would hear or think about it in your head it's a really like slow halftime kind of a feel mm -hmm. so it's just so interesting that there's so much subdivision going on yeah i was really drawn to the chord choices and i guess you'd call it the b section just mainly when you had that pedal tone bass yeah so it evoked all those sort of slash chords that um that's something that you're going to get a yeah. lot in this series so get used to that sound it's a really advanced sound that you don't hear in a lot of music especially on the Sega Genesis. So, all right, folks, let's play two more tracks from Shining Force. We're now going to play a track called Hikari no Gonzai, and this is the World Map 1 theme. Enjoy. that deceptive form you think it's looped back but it actually hasn't he has one final thought to give all of us this is hikari no gunzai the world map one theme from shining force for the sega genesis composed by masahiko yashimura very beautiful piece yeah again it's great just the luxury of old school video game music being able to seamlessly almost really leap ahead 
you know, just hundreds of years <laughs> as far as like the evolution of music. Because it starts off very kind of classical. Dun, 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 yes. dun, dun. You know, the, what I love, it's sort of taking classical rhythms, making a little bit more modern. But then that B section, very jazzy mm -hmm. and almost completely, it takes away that march beat. Um, and it instantly becomes jazzy, but you know, it's all on the Sega Genesis. So, so it all feels like it's cohesive compositionally. Yeah. That's so wild. That's such a great point. Well, I love that about old school video game music is because, because of those limitations, they were trying to do something that was creative and they, for an entire soundtrack to just strictly rely on classical, it would be boring. And also these composers, they, this is the nineties. It's like, they're not in the 1800s or the yeah. 1700s. Like they are in the 1990s. So of course they're going to want to use jazz because they're probably really big fans of that music so it's so fun that they were able to have so much fusion and that you're right because it all shares the same sound chip it makes total sense like it doesn't throw you for a loop like oh what's he doing here you well, you really want you welcome that change it's a very sort of eastern philosophy you get this a lot of time a lot of um big thing about japanese culture is sort of taking wisdom from many different things and kind of putting it together and yeah. uh that whole sort of that sort of idea that it's not about the individual that's about the society as a whole something that really larger, yeah. um you can microscopically look at that as far as the way that they approach music where it's like it's taking what they like or what they need for the purposes of this game it's taking what it would from classical music which would be the rhythms and some of those chords mm -hmm. but then it's also taking things from jazz and taking things from film music and it's not like fully committing to one style it's creating a unified style that's informed by many different music and that's an forms. interesting point of discussion if we want to talk about whether or not that is continuing nowadays with um, a, you know most video game composers I think one thing to keep in mind is like you said a lot of those Japanese traditions, it's interesting to think about, do American composers share some of those uh, values or not? Yeah, I, I really don't think so. I don't think they ever did. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just sort of uh, the fundamental difference between uh, the two largest countries where video games are produced. So the two very different cultures mm -hmm. in which this music was composed in so a lot of uh western video game music is kind of um it's very clear its intentions you can sort of summarize the style as soon as you yes. start to hear it and usually well, it goes deeper into one specific genre and yeah. a lot of times it will be more authentic to that specific genre right. but there's definitely not as much fusion uh-huh so that's an interesting point all right uh kind of got a little sidetrack there but i like it i like i like the discussions we're now going to play one last track from shining force this is hanjin no theme also known as headquarters such a big fan of those marching snare drum samples again it's just a sound that i don't hear a lot on the system and it sounds pretty good i mean you can really tell what it's trying to be you know it's a marching snare drum there you're listening to hanjin no theme 
from Shining Force. So this is the headquarters theme of the game. So what do you imagine, Will? I know we, neither of us have played this game. This is called Headquarters. Do you think this is maybe a time when you're kind of resting from the battle and from the action and you're just kind of, you know, maybe finding out what's going on in the plot? Well, it's a very militaristic piece. I mm -hmm. think a lot of them are, but it also has, uh, you know, I... I see these uh visions as sort of like a like a bunker type of yeah, theme absolutely you know this is um maybe there's some sort of level select element i mean it is an rpg so there's probably these are where probably some of the dialogue puzzles would come into effect sure but yeah it definitely it captures that emotion very sort of on the nose of the sort of militaristic thing as far as the backbeat but um the just mainly probably the fact that it's in a major key yeah. is probably what uh makes it seem like a bunker because militaristic but not um inherently violent in its sound it also could sort of sound like marching it's out playful. to the battlefield mm -hmm. like i get a little bit of sort of sort of like 1800 civil war yes, era kind of writing as and, far as the melody and what's so great is that snare drum sound that's exactly where that that's what that's what i'm getting from the sound of that snare drum is kind of a civil war march yeah that's really cool yeah, really something cool stuff. I, another thing just about you know the japanese idea of uh taking things drawing multiple influences it, a lot of times it can just you won't even notice it but it'll be like the rhythm of a melody or the style of a melody will be hugely reminiscent of something from one era in music or one total genre when the chords and rhythms and everything something else are evoking else. something else and it's like that's why so much japanese music to me really speaks to me emotionally because it's harnessing mm -hmm. all these tools and sometimes the best of both worlds yeah. you know and it, it yeah. creates something that you feel like you've never heard before but in a way you feels like you've always heard it that's and a great you, it's, summation it's this interesting sort of melancholy nostalgic timeless emotion. quality yeah so now i'm so excited because now we're going to move on to motowaki takanochi who is one of my favorite video game composers this is the gentleman that composed uh, a bunch of games in the shining force series today we're going to show four of his soundtracks in this series he composed three soundtracks for the game gear three 8-bit soundtracks and he also composed shining force 2 for the genesis which is in my opinion the best soundtrack in this series uh it's just absolutely excellent well he's so, sort of like kenji yamamoto is to mm -hmm. the metroid series very good you know considered to be sort of the height of when the games and the music were at their finest but he's kind of working off of the yeah. ideas of hip tanaka exactly. yes absolutely so that's a very good way of putting it so the first soundtrack we're going to play from him is shining force gaiden and this came out for the sega game gear and What's really cool is I was able to find all three of these Game Gear uh, .kss files, which are the raw actual sound files of these soundtracks. But what was, what was hard is a lot of them I couldn't find any of the, t the titles, what these tracks are called. So I actually did play some of these games just to hear some of the music, and I kind of made my own titles for some of these tracks because I was so just into the music and I really wanted to know what they were. So this one is Opening Story from Shining Force Gaiden, composed by Motowaki Takanochi for the Game Gear, and this game came out in 1992. Enjoy.
Housing. This is opening story, one of the main themes. You hear a lot of variations of this theme in this game. This is from Shining Force Gaiden for the Sega Game Gear, composed by the wonderful Matawaki Takanochi. I love how the main melody in that A section is underneath the supporting heart, uh, higher colors. It makes me think of something like a French horn, something that has a little bit lower range. It's really beautiful and very rare to hear that on uh, you know 8-bit video game music. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of a lot of 20th century music in the beginning, sort of a yeah. minimalist thing. I mean, rhythmically, it's more complicated than that, but just sort of harmonically, it reminds me of some of the work of the composer John Adams and mm-hmm. sort of other minimalist composers as far as like, uh, the, the chord progression is kind of lazy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not changing around the melody. It's sort of staying constant as the melody has these contours. And there's not much clash or dissonance, but there is this sort of um, this dryness. There's a sense of that things aren't really changing. So this melody, it almost cuts out more and it has sort of an increased level of uh, heightened emotional contrast. Yeah, and one thing I will say, since I did play some of these games, I, I, I definitely do think that the music in this particular um, you know, opening cutscene really does fit the emotion. It really does get you excited to start this adventure. And you do get a lot of film score influence here. You know, some of this music, you're, you guys are going to hear this as we go on, but I get a lot of John Williams uh, and just various, you know, successful film score composers, uh, kind of similar sound here. So we're going to play uh, two more tracks from Shining Force Guide, and let's play a track called Hero Defeated in Battle. listening to Hero Defeated in Battle. Obviously one of the sad themes of this game. This is the music that plays after you lose, which obviously I experienced playing this RPG game. I'm not, you know, an RPG aficionado, but this is from Shining Force Gaiden. Uh, beautiful piece. I really like the use of rhythm. So really interesting. Dun, 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 dun. Really advanced performance style rhythms here that uh, for me, is so rare for 8-bit music. Uh, in general, what I'm a, such a big fan of is um, Takanochi, his career in the Shining series, starting off on the Game Gear. He just was so inventive on that platform, doing things that I've never heard before. Yeah, it's really quite beautiful. I like how you mentioned some of those uh, performance-style rhythms. Um, and that's something that is a little bit harder to do when you're sort of um, like tracking it and doing the sequencing because usually the way that those old 8-bit uh, consoles as far as inputting the music worked is it was all sort of grid-based and there'd be sort of a chunk of cells that you would be able to input notes into. So it's like if you're not following a specific sort of meter I imagine it would be very difficult. Yeah, well, I think as long as, long as the subdivisions are small enough, as long as the tempo's fast enough, you know, it is possible to do that, that I guess type I'm of just stuff. sort of impressed by uh, the fact that it could loop, you yeah. know? No, it's very impressive. Absolutely. So we're going to play one final track from Shining Force Gaiden. This is a track called Aboard the Ship. Thank you. 
You're listening to Aboard the Ship. This is from Shining Force Gaiden, composed by Motowaki Takenochi. I'm a really big fan of some of the modulation, some of the really unexpected chord changes here. Uh, some really interesting dissonance. There's a part where there's there's that one chord. I, th- I think it right here, I think that's a major second that you're getting those two notes. Um, and again, you have an, a melody that's played in a very low range for 8-bit music. It's very orchestral. All this music sounds incredibly orchestral. Well, yeah, there is sort of a large, not necessarily dynamic range, but a range as far as the pitches. Even just one melody can start really low and end really high. It's sort of the range of a string instrument or mm-hmm. a string section. And some of those, like that minor second also has a very sort of militaristic sound. And mm-hmm. that sort of uh, ambiguous emotional quality where it's not evoking major or minor. There's just sort of a constant dissonance. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, so I'm a really big fan of this soundtrack, obviously, but I'm, I might be a bigger fan of the next one. So now we're going to move on to Shining Force, The Sword of Hajia. This is the second game that Takenochi composed for the Sega Game Gear. This game came out in 1993. Let's play uh, three tracks once again. Let's start off with a track called A Break from Battle. simple pretty melody there you're listening to a break from battle this is from shining force the sword of haja what are your initial thoughts on this track what were some of the motions that were conjured up for you huh i guess it's hard for me to pinpoint a specific emotion when there's sort of um i guess i'd probably more describe it in a broader sense of just emotional you know it's sort of broad palette writing very lush for me uh, i get very romantic i'm very comfortable when i'm listening to this i feel like i'm at home and i can just relax what do you think yeah, I think that's that's probably pretty accurate, especially this B section. You know, just sort of uh, the part writing very creative, but a general sort of laziness of when pitches <laughs> want to move, where they'll hang on to create a little bit of a suspension and move down. There's a playfulness with some of the chromaticisms. Uh, the parallel harmonies are always sort of great. I, I always am sort of in love when they do the third harmonies and then do some sort of chromatic, chromatic thing, thing outside they both of the do chord. Them, yeah. yeah, it's Absolutely. really... Now, now well, what are your thoughts there? on the sounds of the Game Gear slash Master System as opposed to something like the NES. What do you think are some of the advantages? Personally, I just, I'm a really big fan of this Game Gear sound chip. Yeah, I mean, in, in I guess, every objective way, it's better than um, the NES. You mm-hmm. know, Master System is just more advanced in every way. Yeah. There's not really much of an argument, but I have no nostalgia tied to it, <laughs> and I don't think very many people do. That's a good and just point. there's not much a distinction between sort of the different pulses. They're, they're very much like the PSG channels on the Genesis. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. I, yeah. I have no I have no love to it. Where it's like as soon as I hear an NES, just like 
the timbre of those pulses well, that's and a, the triangle. It's oh just, my gosh, the triangle. I'm in love with it. Forget about it, the triangle. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting point because it's all about the music here for you. Because since you said you didn't have any nostalgia to the sounds, if this music isn't good, you are going to be checked out because you don't have the nostalgic connection. So I think that does speak volumes to this Shining Force music is that you are still interested and it's because of only the music. Wait, you know? what did you say? I was kind of checked <laughs> out and not interested. You're checked out for another reason. Um, it is, you know, it's 6 p.m. right now that we're recording this, but God, it's pretty so late. cold. Can we pretty talk late. about this? Can we talk about how it's very, very cold? cold. It is? We, get, we are in Minnesota, and it was like minus 18 today. I gotta say, what I was gotta it say, with, I'm was so it sick of hearing. Was oh, it I don't minus know. 45 or something? It, too, it was too cold with wind chill. It was approximately too cold. I'm so sick of hearing all these people in like California and Southern California like complaining that, that it's, it's approaching like freezing. Yeah. It's just like shut up. We would, be in, we would be in shorts at that point. Okay, <laughs> we're now going to play another track from this great second Game Gear soundtrack. This is probably the best track in this game. This is Great Cypress War. piece of 8-bit music there. This is Great Cypress War from Shining Force, The Sword of Hajia, composed by Motowaki Takenochi. Such a great track, and it keeps going. There's so many sections, and he just does not let it end. You know, I really, listening to this for the first time, I was expecting it to end probably like 25 seconds earlier than it actually did. It kind of reminds me of Beethoven, where he's playing with the audience. He keeps having all these cadences, and it just doesn't end, and it's so enjoyable. And when it does finally come back to the loop, it feels like you've been on a journey just listening to this song. Yeah, wonderful suspensions. And that's just, it's also a catchy sort of rhythmic motif, this part right here. I really yeah. love it. Something that I think is interesting is there's such a freedom in modulation and a more sort of modern kind of advanced sensibility to it. You know, if you take um, a modern theory or composition class, a lot of teachers will try to teach you to uh, write in an atonal key and it's not to yeah. mean that your music's gonna sound you know like Schoenberg or something but it's mainly just the fact that uh, you're not approaching modulation in a classical sense yes, yes. you're approaching it in sort of a kind of 20th century style of being able to have sort of a freedom and you know, obviously there is a tonal center here. There is a key, but you know when he does that crazy modulation, there's 
doesn't seem to me like it's like, okay, now I'm changing into this new key, and it's now very another new free. key. He's it's very, very free in that free, B section. But there's a logic behind One it. One thing I love, the, the, the motif of this piece is the ascending three notes. Dun, 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 he yeah. does so much with that. And that's another thing. This whole soundtrack, if you guys are interested, check out the whole soundtrack because he harkens back to this theme in this motif, the da 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 so much in the sound, and it's so much fun. Speaking of, that last track we're going to play does harken back to that motif. We're going to play a track called Off to Battle from Shining Force Sword of Haja, and take a listen to some of the motifs that you heard in Great Cypress War. Here we go. So great. Yeah, it's really all about those three note ascending arpeggios. Uh, da -da -din, da -da -din. That, that's just so brilliant in the soundtrack. You're listening to Off to Battle. Um, yeah, this is the last track we're going to play from this game. I just, I'm a really big fan of the soundtrack. It's really nice. So far, I think we've played three tracks from all these games that we've featured. It's kind of a nice number. You really get a sense of the of the musical style of the soundtrack. He really loves those sort of second intervals. He loves he sure two does. whole steps apart. He really likes that sort of clash and dissonance. I think there's sort of an ambiguity there that he must be um, drawn to for this type of music. Yeah. But yeah, it's really effective. And just talking about that motif that we heard first in the last one, and I think why it works so well is because da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. There's sort of an implied syncopation there, which to me always works really well in orchestral music, but also it's sort of it's cohesive in multiple different ways, just sort of as a melody, because it starts off with this slightly longer statement, this slightly longer phrase, and then truncates it and takes the last chunk of that and uses that rhythmic idea to keep going up and up. There's something very universal about that style of melodic writing that you can notice so much about like you know a slightly longer thing and then taking the last part of that and da 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 and then da, and when you revisit it it's just like oh this is a finished sentence very complete it's i think that's so, one of the reasons it's able to be arranged so many different so ways so natural and soaring well i'm incredibly excited folks because now it's time to move on to shining force 2 for the sega genesis this is my personal favorite soundtrack in the series this was again composed by motowaki takanochi and this game came out in 1993 and i just really think that takanochi is was so at home on the Sega Genesis and it was great preparation to work on those two Game Gear soundtracks first because he really was getting a handle of composing you know a lot of tracks for RPGs having to cover a lot of emotions but now getting to use the Genesis and you know obviously listening to Yashimura's work you know as a reference he is so comfortable and confident on the system doing things that really I've never heard on any other Genesis soundtrack. Let's start off with, uh, we're going to play three tracks from Shining Force 2. Let's start off with a track called Lively Town. 
that is so good. That was uh, about one minute and 45 seconds. That's the length of that song. Very long for this era of 16-bit music. This is Lively Town from Shining Force 2 for the Genesis, composed by Motowaki Takenochi. Such a fun piece of music that, again, you know, similar to some of his 8-bit stuff, incredible part writing, great instrument switches, um, taking small fragments, small themes, and developing them over the course of the song, but just such a powerful use of the Sega Genesis here. One thing I want you guys to quickly listen out for, listen out right here for the rhythm of the bass. One, 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 dun, 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 dun. There's only one notes that's on right. the upbeat, and it's so effective, in my opinion. Yeah, you know Smooth and Groove? This is a song I want him to do, because... <laughs> uh, more so than any other piece I've ever heard on the Genesis. I'm calling it a piece. Um, but it is a piece. More so than any track I've ever heard on the Genesis. This has such a clear sense of personality to it. Mm -hmm. You know, every instrument sounds like a voice because it has such a attitude. Every every energy is captured I right love here. This section. Oh my gosh, it's so great. Great. Uh, wonderful writing. I like how you mentioned the counter melodies, but yeah, I'd love to hear Smooth McGroove, or honestly, I'd love to hear the magical voice shower guys <laughs> do. Gucci's. Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh, this section here, again, talk about kind of orchestral playful call and response here. You go from like a clarinet to a flute, it's it's so great. And finally, you're doing to the so many here. things with. Uh, rhythms and uh it's very very exquisite a lot of playfulness um it's again a fusion of a jazz sound but mm -hmm. not necessarily jazz rhythm which is i think a very sort of orchestral thing i mean it's just like listening to, to this music i just i can't imagine that motowaki takenochi did not have a great time working on the soundtrack he's just having so much fun with the sound chip here it's just so great to listen to um i'm really excited it's now time folks to move on to our track of the week This is a track called Wandering Warriors from Shining Force 2, uh, and really in some ways the main theme of this game, and I'm just going to say it right now, and usually we don't, we don't mention it, but I will say I want you guys to stick around and listen to the track that we play out with. It is also from Shining Force 2, it's the ending credits theme, um, and it does harken back to some of the themes you're going to hear in this particular track. This is Wandering Warriors.
That is a confident track, if I've ever heard one. This is Wandering Warriors from Shining Force 2, composed by the wonderful, the incredible Motowaki Takenuchi, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my gosh, there's so much to say. I feel like we could spend the whole episode just talking about this track. It's incredible. And that's what we're going to do. (laughs) We're going to edit out everything else before this. One thing I love is, I will say, Takenuchi was so... um, was so qualified to work on this soundtrack having worked on the Game Gear because he has such a love of the PSG channels. He uses them so much on on this Genesis soundtrack to much better extent than almost any other Genesis composer. I think it's because he was so used to hearing those and that does sound like Shining Force now. Hearing those extensive, really beautiful PSG channels, that's a really important part of this music. Do you know much about his background, Carl? I actually don't. That's something that we should look into. Maybe yeah. have a Takenochi episode. I'm just, I'm very interested because he has a very advanced knowledge and understanding, a very kind of intimate knowledge of harmony. You know, when we play the next track, I will uh, pull out my iPhone and we'll take a look. Yeah, but I, I really, gosh, I love this. I mean, I in every, so in every level, it feels like it's so much more mature than most Sega Genesis music. Um, I mean, obviously, all these soundtracks are very orchestral in nature, but this yeah, one, this one, takes this one cake. actually feels like an orchestra. Like it's that it same sounds like type John Williams. of energy. Yeah, and uh, again, he's so uh, advanced harmonically with what he's able to contribute to all these moving parts, and just his form. His form is so effortless and natural, and every section has a completely different type of instrumentation, a different type of rhythmic accompaniment. Like there's a part where you get this impression of sort of like a woodwind support with this sort of syncopated line underneath but it's it doesn't jump out as being syncopated it's just like everything really fits nicely together mm-hmm. and just flows in this very cohesive way that's much like really well written orchestral music yeah absolutely so now we're going to play one final track from shining force 2 this is water goddess metula <laughs> is so beautiful you're listening to water goddess metula that is from shining force 2 and while we were listening to that i looked up a little bit of information on takenochi he is um he's born in 67 so he's 46 years old he did study music composition at the tokyo national university of fine arts and music and he's actually a fellow classmate of hayato matsuo who was another video game composer and actually uh, one of the projects that he did um in college is he actually studied under koichi sugiyama that's great yeah you know we we recognize his name from what series well Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. I mean, exactly. yeah, that that makes the most sense. They're probably, uh, probably the two video game composers I've heard who really authentically have a sound as far as like being able to actually emulate orchestral music in a very authentic way without making any compromises. But what's great about <laughs> Takenouchi is 
this isn't the only kind of video game music he does. Right. He he does it for Shining Force, but a lot of his stuff is very rock, uh, jazzy fusion music. That might be his more of his bag. I think um, Sujiyama very... could do that also, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's we get just that... we haven't heard it. From well, him, sometimes in some know? of the Dragon Quest stuff, he'll go outside of that. Like there was that one ragtime piece. But I, I'm just saying, like from from you know from looking up yeah. this guy now, I get I. I saw that he is a really big fan of jazz fusion and rock and stuff. Um, right. It's fun fact, the very first soundtrack he composed in 1991 was Jewel Master, one of the most rocking um, Sega Genesis soundtracks. There's something interesting. Uh, a few weeks ago, you may remember, I posted on our Super Mercado Brothers page uh, that interview with Manami Matsume, the composer of Mega Man that and UN so Squadron. That was so cute, wasn't it? It was a great interview. And also, you know, I've been sort of a Mega Man kick. I read this interview with Takashi Tateishi, the Mega Man 2 composer, and can, just... Can we... First of all, can we just say how excited we are that he's working on Mighty Number no. 9? Yeah, with oh Manami Matsume. Oh my gosh. Matsume the and, last thing he yeah, did was great. UN Squadron. Yeah. No, but what I'm really... Well, he's been doing sound ever since Composing, then, Composing, though. Composing, yeah. No, but something interesting I read about him, he's the most humble guy, but something that's so interesting, he talks about uh, the the style that he felt like he brought to Mega Man 2, um, is that most of the composers that he'd met with at Capcom and at most of these companies at that time had all been um, collegiate music students. You know, they'd gone to school to study music, and he didn't do that. He was actually an economics major, but he he played played in in bands. He played in bands. So he talked about how he wanted to bring, quote-unquote, band music into it but what i love is this guy's so humble you know he's talking about like oh i just wanted to do just this fun band thing that's what made mega man Mega is that uh the nature of his melodies and like the almost the knowledge of harmony behind everything is to me more advanced than a lot of those people that have gone to music schools but obviously takanochi would be an example of where his going to school to Mm -hmm. study music definitely paid off because he has those chops he has those especially in in this type of music so now we're going to move quickly back to the game gear for the final soundtrack he composed this is the third and final game for the game gear this is shining force gaiden final conflict we're going to play two tracks from the soundtrack we'll start off with a track called place of rest how it comes back to the form here. This is Place of Rest from Shining Force Gaiden Final Conflict, composed by Motowaki Takenuchi. So much personality in the music of the series. That's one thing that I will say, if I had to sum up Takenuchi's music, is just oozing with personality, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, definitely. It's a very 
astute observation. Yeah, no. Thank you. He he loves. He never wants to have a non-dissonant <laughs> something in there. There's always yes, got to be something yes. more complex. He loves complex. dissonance. There's That's some, something. If you look look on his Wikipedia page, it even says that about him. But it's like a it's a structured dissonance. It's mm-hmm. not that type of um, logic-based kind of confusing. Well, it's purposeful. Dissonance. It's yeah. purposeful. It's coming from someone well, who it, knows it what he's it, doing. It gives it character. It's the kind of thing where it's like the intentional dissonance to give it like playfulness. But it's like there's always some sort of suspension happening. There's always some sort of, you know, augmented. But something. I love this section. It really takes a turn and opens up into this beautiful soaring melody. This guy has great melodic gift here. Well, and there's no drums, so it's yeah. kind of the form of everything gets a little broken down in that section. But listen to how it comes understand. back to this uh, to the form here. Oh my gosh. So fun. Yeah, just one of my favorite Game Gear sound, uh, one of my favorite Game Gear tracks of this series. Let's move on to the last track from this game. This is um, a track called Distant Journey Calls. Gosh, I, I love Takenochi so much. I really want to have an episode spotlighting on him. Uh, hopefully you guys would be okay with maybe replaying some of these tracks. Maybe we'll wait. We'll wait a fair amount to have a Takenochi episode, because obviously Shining Force is what he's most known for. But uh, he composed a ton of games, so that would definitely be warranted. You're listening to Distant Journey Calls. Wow, it's incredibly impressive. Can you believe this is for the Game Gear? I mean, sometimes I forget that I'm listening to a Game Gear track. I think I can because the Game Gear, I mean, yeah, it's 8-bit, but it, it doesn't feel like that limited of sound hardware. I yeah. mean, even compared to the Genesis, you know, I, I don't feel like he's really severely having to limit himself with, like, voice parts. I because, love this part here. Well, his writing is so intentional, and he has such a knowledge of the type of chords that he's evoking, so I feel like he almost doesn't need more than whatever ensemble he's writing for. Because I think he does come from a classical background where it's like, oh, am I writing for a string quartet? Well, I'm writing for mm-hmm. four voices. Right. Or what? Am I doing for six voices? I can do that. I can do yeah. it for 28 voices. You know, he, he, he knows intentionally what the ensemble is and what he's writing for, and it's not a sense of like he's trying to um, having to take these limitations and make mm-hmm. it sound bigger than it is. I think he's making it sound like what it is, which, I mean, the Game Gear sound hardware, I mean, it's not that limited as far as the voices. Well, now, sadly, we are moving away from uh, the music of Madawaki Takenochi, 
and we are going to move on to the Sega Saturn. We're going to play a couple Sega Saturn soundtracks. Now, there was a Sega CD game, Shining Force CD, but that just featured recycled music of all the Gaiden Game Gear stuff, and maybe some of uh, Shining Force 2. So we're not going to play any of that. We've played enough of that series. We're going to now move on to the Saturn, and we're going to move on to composer Motoi Sakuraba, who we know very well, has done a lot of great stuff throughout the years. Uh, one of our recent um, kind of favorite things that he worked on was Kid Icarus Uprising. He worked that really great dark pit battle theme on the acoustic guitar and one he of did a lot tracks. of great um nes and genesis work yeah so this is a game called shining the holy ark for the sega saturn we're going to play one track from this game this is a really nice soft sad piece of music called sabato in Einrich well You're listening to Sabato in Einrich Well from the Sega Saturn game Shining the Holy Ark, composed by the wonderful Matoi Sakuraba. Such a sad, beautiful piece. We're actually going to play two tracks from Sakuraba today. Both are really showcasing his sad, sensitive side. I'm a really big fan of that synth theremin sound, not expecting it to come in. I'm a really big fan of the very heavy delay and echo chamber kind of something that, that you hear on the um the glockenspiel it's like it's like this weird pulsating push and pull tension that is just very effective well because it's not like an even echo it's not right it's almost like not a delay it's almost like really a tacked rhythms but oh it's really wonderful this honestly might be my favorite piece that we played here today it's, it's just because simply it's so, effective, uh, yeah. it, it really hits me um on a very sort of intimate level emotionally and it's like, a lot simpler than like all the music we've played so far so it is a very it is, effective but there the is uh that sort of idea of combining all these uh simplistic um rhythms that create a very complex landscape when put together mm-hmm. it's almost the philosophy behind like techno music right right so it's like i i always like when they bring that into other forms of music where it's hack it's almost minimalist you know but it's also polyrhythmic so yeah it's like yeah taking these simple little chunks these small little nuggets of an idea and combining them together and then all of a sudden your brain is like <laughs> processing on overdrive <laughs> all these things that are happening but i what i love about this is 
um, it still retains the simplicity and it's like everything is informing that emotion, that intimate tone, because even all the instrument choices are very sparse and subtle. You are know? they ever sparse? Some really interesting metric modulation to one thing I will say is I'm glad we featured this track because this was very close uh, to be on the chopping block because this soundtrack is not that great. I will say is I do agree. I mean, that's one of the reasons this track was uh, chosen. This is a great track. It's a standout track of the soundtrack, but the rest of the soundtrack, uh, these two Saturn games are not the best. So I'm really glad that uh, this track did not get axed because um, Will really resonated with yeah, it. Thank God I'm here, everyone. Yeah. That's so, what he's saying. So now we're going to move <laughs> on to Shining Force 3 uh, for the Sega Saturn, also composed by Matoi Sakuraba. Uh, we're going to play one track from the soundtrack. Again, very sad and fitting. This is called Sorrow from Shining Force 3. Let's see what Will thinks of this one. Beautiful. You're listening to Sorrow from Shining Force 3, composed by Matoi Sakuraba. And yeah, if you guys are interested, uh, go go ahead and check out these Saturn soundtracks. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think they're they're very good as far as um, the entire soundtrack as a whole. They're not very consistent. I think this is by far the best track in the soundtrack, and I, I thought that that last track was by far the best track in that game. But yeah, you guys be the judge. Feel free to check these soundtracks out. Maybe there's some other great tracks you'll find. Yeah, I love this. Flute instrument's great, very expressive. Uh, wonderful writing, so different from a lot of the Shiny Force stuff before. Like, this sounds like it was written by Yuzo Koshiro. Yeah, it sure does. Me. Now, um, do you think Matoy listened to the previous work a lot or just really made a choice to want to go in a different direction? There? I mean, I think he probably listened to it and really respected that composer. Um... But I don't know. I, I don't think he really needed to borrow because it wasn't such an established type or like a style, really, because, um, I don't know, Takanuchi didn't necessarily follow, you know, the original Shiny Force composer that heavily. So I think, but they're, they are going for similar emotions. One I think I that's think the most important thing. It makes total sense why Matoi Sakuraba changed uh, kind of the style a lot. I think it really fits because obviously Matoi Sakuraba, he's working on the Sega Saturn. He wanted to get more of an intimate human touch to the music. He wanted to focus on a more subtle, soft, intimate soundscape that would really showcase, you know, the technically the good production of I this I just think piece. it's ironic, you know, where, where you have more primitive hard 
hardware and it sounds so lush and bombastic yeah. and then you have something more advanced and then there's this effort to try and reduce it artificially and make it sound small it's like we, we always want what we can't but have but it's beautiful I mean if you took the same piece and played it on a Game Gear it just wouldn't be that beautiful I mean getting the reverb of hearing the really soft delicate um, you know right subtlety of this music i think it does go to show though it's like when you have limitations you know when someone says well you can only have these many voices there's Mm -hmm. this effort to be like well i'm gonna maximize it and sound like there's way more voices and then it's just like you have limitless possibility it's like well if i have limitless possibility then there's this natural drawback to want to do something smaller and more uh on a relatable scale you're always there's pros and cons to both it's like you're always at odds with your limitations you're always fighting against that so so now we're going to play just a couple more um tracks from two different soundtracks here we're going to play one track from a game called shining force exa uh before i say that i just want to quickly say some of the years we've been kind of messing up here so shining force 3 we forgot to say that came out in 97 the previous saturn game came out in 96 in that final guide-in game for the Game Gear came out in 95. So now we are on to Shining Force EXA for the PS2. And this came out all the way in 2007. So we're actually jumping 10 years from 97 to 2007. This was composed by Tamako Morita and Shiro Sugisu. Let's play a track called Hope from Shining Force EXA. That's a pretty piece of music right there. This is Hope from Shining Force EXA, composed by Tamako Morita and Shiro Sugisu. Why did you say it like that? I don't know. Just the mood struck me. I just, I went with it. I didn't question it. The mood of this piece struck you to sound like, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll believe you. Anyways, Will, what are your thoughts on this piece? You like it? Yeah, I really like it. I kind of got off into a little tangent during Carl was talking about, oh, there's not many round robins on this. A round robin refers to like in sample based music, um, if you have sort of like one note that's repeating, how many times, you know, how many different samples they how would many record different recordings of yeah, the player make? doing that one pitch so that when they're doing a lot of quick it sounds notes realistic. together, it sounds realistic. This one, there's one round but robin. I got off into a little tangent saying, why is the actual, why is it actually called round robin? Why like, is that the such term? such a silly thing. You know, yeah. it's not very professional, but you can buy these expensive plugins and they officially call it round robin. Round robin. Yeah. But, you know, this is really pretty. It's very sparse. Uh, it, I think it's sort of capturing the spirit of Shining Force. Um, 
a little bit more closely than the last two pieces. I agree with There's that. There's nothing wrong with those two. I actually really enjoyed those last two pieces, but uh, just sort Me of too. the idea of um, call and response melody and counter melody and some of the chords, again, having some of those 20th century, like minimalist chord progression things. Yeah. Uh, I felt like I was getting some of that here and the combining of different types of orchestral music. So there's certain things that feel yeah, more I, kind of modern or more like Copeland and some things that feel more romantic or classical. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I guess I would agree that there's definitely a little bit of reverence, but in, in some ways I kind of feel a little sad. I feel like some of that stuff is lost from, you know, uh, Takenouchi's work. I, I feel think some like, of that energy might be Yeah, gone. I feel like some of that some some of that's lost in this series, but um, no, this is this is really, really pretty, and, and there's nothing against these composers. I just think that, um, you know, they, they were going for something a little bit more typical of this kind of PS2 era RPG music. Well, it doesn't think, necessarily hit me over the face as being very unique. Well, I think styles change, gameplay changes, and the function of music, you know, really changes in video games. Video games oh, yeah. have become more subtle, at least are trying to be. <laughs> yeah. Some of them aren't very subtle, but, you know, video games are trying to become more of a respected art form, so I think music sometimes needs to have more of an understated role as opposed oh, sure. to a very kind of in-your-face trying to impress you. You know, like the Shining Force think, stuff. Think about the difference between the Genesis and the PS2. Yeah. You know, how much graphically can be said. The music has a very different role. Yeah, and especially like for an RPG, once you get to the PS2 era, like there's not really like graphics mm -hmm. and sound. You don't really need to impress people. Around the Genesis, it's like there yeah. was kind of this attitude of like, I can do it too. You know, I can use the Genesis. We could do this, you know. And also like, Sega. Sega wanted to say that yeah. we could do RPGs because they really they Square was really. So I think there was that. sort of an earnestness and uh, a youthful like energy of wanting to catch up with the big boys sure. that is present. I think in all aspects of that series, and it's something that I think people really admire about those games. Yeah. So so now, folks, we're going to move on to the last game we're going to talk about. The last track. This is Shining Force Feather. This came out for the Nintendo DS. And this came out in 2009, so the most recent entry today. I believe there may have been a, a later game in the series, but definitely one of the more recent. This was composed by Kengo Sakurai, and we're going to play a track called Hit. Uh, this is a really nice, fun, rousing, kind of modern video game track. Please enjoy. Well, thanks so much, guys, for joining us today as we took a look at the music of the Shining Force series with definitely a very heavy uh, focus on some of the Genesis and Game Gear soundtracks. 
such a great series musically. It was so fun to, to take this spotlight. I definitely uh, think that a Takenochi episode would be in order in the future. Once again, I do want to mention to stick around the ending of Shining Force 2, which we're going to play out for. It's excellent, so you guys should enjoy that. Yeah, thanks for listening to the episode, you guys. And again, we really appreciate all the dialogue on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, any and all feedback that we get about the podcast, or you know whether you like it or don't like it, uh, we do read everything that you guys send us. Also, um, you know we've been getting some good suggestions of future topics or sort of series or tracks that uh, you want us to play. So definitely don't be afraid to send us a message on our website. You can go to the contact us page. And you can write us, and we'll actually get that as an email. So, also, um, if you're feeling up to it, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a comment and review. Because yeah, thanks a lot, everyone who's already left an iTunes review. We really appreciate yeah. that. Because those reviews sort of uh, help this podcast uh, become more available to other people who could be very interested in video game music. But Yeah, and I guess one thing I just want to say is we really appreciate everyone's support. It really means a lot. It's the reason we're still doing this podcast are you guys. You really make it worth it. One thing I do want to say is if you're really having a great time with this podcast and you happen to have a friend who also likes video game music, feel free to shoot them a link uh, because it's just it's always nice to expand You know the people that uh, have the opportunity to listen because I know there's a lot of people that have no idea, you know, first of all, that right. there is such thing as a video game music podcast. Probably a lot of fans. So it's nice to, you know, try to reach those people as well. So, yeah. Gosh, we're such greedy bastards. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, thanks so much, guys. I'm excited. Next week we have Original Showcase Volume 4. Gosh, if we weren't being self serving enough. <laughs> and Jesus, we actually have man. a very exciting announcement that we will talk about next week. So, yeah. well, I'm hungry. I have to get some food in me. Otherwise, I'll start eating the foam off of the windscreen on my microphone. So <laughs> we better get going. Stay warm everybody have a great week peace out